When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They would leave set and they would all hang out. But there were times that I couldn't, I just could not do that. After being on set for so many hours, doing the code switching, totally surrendering my body over to Celie for her to use me. And I lied to them and I said I had a dog. I had to go home and feed the dog. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we are chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year and breaking down the state of the 2024 Oscars race. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall. Joey Nolfi is enjoying his holiday break, so joining me this week for the very last episode of 2023 is EW Editor-in-Chief Patrick Gomez. Hey, Patrick. Hey. How's it going? I'm good. Happy to uh, ring out the year, I guess. Is that a phrase? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ring out the yeah, year with that's you. That's what we do. Ring out the year. I don't know if that's a phrase, but let's make it one. Trademark, register, copyright. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's um, what what a year it's been. I mean, we could do an entire uh, probably two hour episode of like a, a year in review with everything that went on this year. Some huge films, uh, some uh, huge TV shows, and then a big old break in the middle of the year uh, because uh, writers and actors were uh, fighting for for better wages and working conditions and. Uh, seemingly got a lot of what they were searching for. A lot, maybe not everything, but a lot. Uh, yeah, it's yes. it's been it has certainly been an interesting year. I think uh, didn't slow down as much as we thought it would on our end, no. given the lack of, no. of uh, access to to talent. Um, but uh, we are we are grateful that everyone's back to work uh, and, yeah. and doing what they love, and uh, just look forward to maybe some stability in 2020. Let's just like all say the word yeah. stability manifest. <laughs> yeah, indeed. And, and hopefully everyone gets a nice little break for the holidays first, because when we come back in 2024, I mean, it's, uh, uh the gas pedal is like to the floor with, uh, all kinds of award shows and nomination announcements and stuff. So, and, and an extra uh, like Emmy is just squeezed right in there. Yeah. You know, no big deal. No big deal at all. Um, so this episode, we, um, I'm, I'm really kind of pinching myself. Um, it's, it's someone I never expected to have 25, 30 minutes to sit down and talk to much less. It's someone, you know, you kind of catch on a red carpet every now and then. Uh, I sat down with, uh, the producer of the new movie musical version of the color purple Oprah Winfrey and star Fantasia Barino, who could not have been more lovely and open and, and giving in, um, in our conversation about uh, that film. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear that. That is coming up a little bit later. But, uh, you know, we were talking about some of those awards uh, and lots of nominations. Critics' Choice Awards nominations uh, or were announced after we recorded last week's episode. So I want to go through those a little bit with you, Patrick. Um, First of all, I have to say, uh, Jared is usually never at a loss for words. Um, and <laughs> uh, I know you all can't see his face right now, but even just reminiscing and describing to you all the fact that he got to speak to Oprah, um, he was just like glowing. Um, so you just all need to know how much this interview 
uh, meant to meant to Jerry. Yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those interesting things because uh, I get wildly nervous for interviews, and I think it's just because you know you you you're anxious to have a really good conversation. And there was a strange calm that came over me at that interview right before it happened. And, um, and, and I, I think I kind of compartmentalized the whole thing because I've not like really been able to look back on it until right now, as we're of course, um, bringing it to everyone. Um, so it's, uh, it's almost like I kind of blacked out, I think. And now I'm I'm finally getting to experience it again. Um, but yeah, so the, the Critics' Choice Award nominations, Barbie, um, which I kind of think no big surprise, led in total nominations. Uh, it doubled the number of Golden Globe nominations it got. Uh, so from Critics' Choice, it got 18 overall nods, including... Uh, best Picture, Best Director for Greta Gerwig, Best Actress for Margot Robbie, and Best Supporting Actor for Ryan Gosling. Uh, I mean, Patrick, like I said, maybe no surprise because critics really, uh, for the most part, love this film. Yeah, not a surprise. I mean, I think the number, it, it just yeah, sure. is <laughs> is a lot, um, but all well-deserved. Um, and I think... Uh, only helps them in their momentum with all the other awards that are still going through the nomination process right now. Just the fact that like they're seeing that domination. Um, I think, I think we're going to see that maybe give some categories that were on the bubble for them uh, at some of the bigger shows uh, might get, uh, might, might push them over the edge now. That that's a, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, totally. And of course, lots of craft nominations here as well. Um, three of the nominations came in the best song category, Dance the Night, I'm Just Ken, and What Was I Made For? Um, and then uh, the Critics' Choice uh, Awards, they also have uh, like best comedy film and, uh, you know, things like that. So that's where they they rack up the extras. But um, yeah, that one that one went real big, real big there. Uh, trailing behind Barbie uh, is Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer, as well as Yorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things. They both got 13 nominations each. And then Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, which has been uh, really kind of dominating in uh, the past couple weeks it uh it got another best actress nod for lily gladstone she is really kind of sweeping the circuit and of course that film um got best picture and, and several others um the ones i i want to talk about some people who did not get nominated by the critics um and, and of course you know this is this is the thing that we've been talking about all season it's that some people are popping up and at some uh you know on some lists and others are not and and perhaps it's uh those people who were kind of calling you know on the fringe but uh both Natalie Portman uh for May December and Annette Bening for Niad did not get best actress nominations Anatomy of a Fall did not uh, get in there for Best Picture. And then Willem Dafoe for Poor Things, he did not get a supporting actor nomination. His uh, co-star, Mark Ruffalo, did. Um, and then, uh, well, I'm going to save this one um, for a sec. In a second, we'll, we'll talk about it more. But um, of those, is there one that really kind of shocked and surprised you? Yeah, I'm actually really surprised that May, December wasn't more represented. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, excited for Charles Melton, I think. Um, he's solidifying himself as maybe a little bit of the most sure thing now, all of a sudden, yeah. in Best Supporting Actor. And some of the others that we kind of thought initially were sure things may not be as much. Um, so, you know, it's a win for him, um, especially be the narrative being, wow, he was the one to really um, shine through uh, alongside Julianne Moore and it not be uh, a, a nomination for Natalie. I also think that, you know, there's argument about 
similar to Lily of like how much you're sharing the screen. Um, and I think uh, while Lily did get a nomination here, I think a lot of the other nominees um, that are up there, there's like, there's an actress who obviously was the main female character in the movie. Yeah. Um, right, and right. I think that it's, um, it's tougher for Natalie because uh, obviously um, she's sharing, sharing filling right. with Juliet Moore and, and uh, it's, it's, it's a, that's a tough category to get into. So I think that may hurt her in a way that I hadn't really processed uh, until these nominations came out, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's still a long ways to go until um, Oscar nominations renounce voting happening uh, later in January. The Oscar nominations happening after, which I talked a little bit about last week, uh, SAG nominations are announced and the Golden Globes have been awarded. So perhaps a little uh, potential for um, influence there and Golden or, and Critics' Choice will have also happened. So um, the, the timing of all these things gets really interesting. Um, okay, the other one... Uh, the other snub that did not happen, um, and I, I think when we saw this movie, Patrick, you and I, uh, it was either late May, early June. I thought for sure she was a, a lock, a sure thing for a nomination. But Taraji P. Henson, another snub here. She also did not get Globes, uh, and she did not get in uh, with Critics' Choice uh, for her work in The Color Purple. Um, but the ensemble did get a nomination. Does that one for Taraji surprise you, or does it feel like we're trying that that the voting bodies are trying to spread the love and just give one person per film? A specific honor. I always joked that we make horrible co-hosts whenever I guest co-host because usually we 100% agree on most of our pop culture uh, opinions. This is one that like you definitely felt a lot more strongly about Taraji. I think she's fantastic, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I know like even coming out of it, like she was a name that was like at the forefront of your mind in terms yeah, of getting yeah. attention for this movie. And we haven't actually really talked a lot about this um, because I agreed with you that she was fantastic. But in the back of my head, I always was like, mm, but I don't know that she's going to be elevated um, to the to the level that Danielle um, uh, would be. And I think a lot of that has to just do not with, look, they're both incredibly talented. I think it has to do yeah. with um, the actual parts and like what uh, they go Agreed. through, the, are their arcs on screen. One of them, um, I think, facilitates someone else's journey while the other uh, has a journey of her own. Um, yeah. And I think yep. that that's, that's all, you're always going to lean towards somebody that has a journey of their own if you're looking at the two. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sophia uh, or Danielle rather as uh, Sophia. I mean, anyone who, even if you've not seen this musical version yet and you know the original where Oprah was um, Sophia, it is quite a journey uh, that she takes. I mean, she's this very uh, outspoken person who then really kind of gets silenced a bit um for for uh, the way she behaves um and and ends up in jail but um she uh, she's so good in this Danielle Brooks I mean uh, she's she has so many standout moments um even just like a glance the way she looks at someone oh <laughs> you don't want to be on the other end of some of those glances, but uh, she's she's so great in it. Um, I do also want to mention from the Critics' Choice Awards, they are awarding America Ferreira, who is nominated, by the way, for Barbie in Supporting Actress. She is also getting the See Her Award, um, which is a, a really important honor, um, what it does for uh, honoring representation, diversity, uh, people who are activists and, and speaking up, which, of course, we need a lot of right now. Um, so her, her, I'm really, I don't know where this is going to go for America over the next few weeks, but, um, she's, I feel like her name is popping up in kind of the right places. Um, but I don't know still if it's going to equal Oscar nomination. 
I I don't disagree with you. I I, I want it to. Um, I think she's uh fantastic both, and and the fact that she's getting this award is evidence she's fantastic on screen, but but behind the scenes, uh, in in life is just such an advocate for so many different um communities that need attention. Uh, and so I'm grateful that she's having this moment in the sun. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with the color purple, where she has this fantastic moment in the film and she's great throughout it, but I wish she had like one more scene to point one to more. as well. Yeah. Um, cause I think that that would put it over the top. That being said, yeah. I think, I think that one scene, I, I'm, I'm 85% sure she's going to get it. It's just that 15% that like is in the back of my head of like, Ooh, is there just other people that like had more to do? I mean, you know, I've I've yeah. been n- not shy about saying I think Davine Joy Randolph from the Holdovers is mm-hmm. that she's my lock to win. So yeah. we're all just talking about who's going to be else uh, nominated, <laughs> right. in my opinion. Um, but we'll see right. because to your point, Danielle Brooks is incredible, and yeah, oh god, it's it's a tough category. But for me, my vote currently uh, would be going to Davine. So um, yeah, everyone else is, I, I is think just. I'm- Vying for a nomination in in my personal yeah. awards uh, no. categories. I, I hear you. And Dave Vine uh, is picking up lots of little honors along the way. Um, America's co-star, uh, Mr. Ryan Gosling, um, by the way, he is picking up another honor as well. He's getting the Kirk Douglas Award for Excellence in Film from the Santa Barbara International Film Festival. Um I mean, Patrick, when, when this, when Barbie was opening right before it opened and we had seen the film and stuff, um, I'm not sure going into the film that I ever would have thought, oh, we, we should probably be paying attention here to see if, you know, Ryan Gosling is going to be mentioned months from now for the awards conversation. But once we saw the film, it's of course, rightfully so, rightfully so, because he gives such a performance here, but I don't know. Did you ever think going, going into it that like oh maybe maybe let's let's see what he does he could be a contender i mean i don't even once we saw it i don't know because look there are fantastic comedies um every Mm. year that don't get awards attention and i think that up until these recent until we started actually seeing them manifest themselves i almost didn't let myself believe that uh these voting bodies were going to actually award um, or recognize Barbie in the way that they are. So again, and maybe that that's just like my own coping mechanism of like, I'm not going to let myself get up (laughs) hope for something and then be disappointed. Um, So that's kind of where I was sitting with Barbie, where I was like, "Mm, I mean, probably for sure a a song lock, but even then it was Mm -hmm. like maybe one song, like multiples are getting nominated, which is great. Um, and then also I, I thought Margot maybe, but even then I like, wasn't letting myself believe that. So I'm just very grateful that, um, it is getting recognized. Cause I think it's a lot smarter than, uh, on the surface. Again, that's what the whole movie is about. But on the surface, you may mm-hmm. think a movie about a Barbie would be. And I was worried that people wouldn't actually give it the due it was deserved. I mean, similar yeah. like bridesmaids, bridesmaids is really smart in a lot of what they yeah. did. And we saw it permeate a little bit, but I, I thought it was going to be that level, not the level that right, it's reached. Right. right. Yeah. That's, that's a really fair assessment. Um, I mean, the film has just, uh, it's impressive in so many ways, of course, all the stuff that, that Greta, uh, did in terms of the production design and the cinematography is fantastic. And of course she has a great cast. Um, so, uh, 
I, I'm really happy to see it where it is. But let me tell you, I was not expecting Oscar potential Oscar nominee and maybe winner because he seems to be the front runner um, by, you know, for all intents and purposes right now uh, to, to win at the Oscars. But, you know, of course, that's jumping ahead a little bit. We will we will certainly see. Um, also at Santa Barbara, by the way, American fiction star Jeffrey Wright will receive the Montecito Award. Jeffrey, by the way, along with his co-star Sterling K. Brown and Tracy Ellis Ross are on the cover of EW's latest awardist kickoff issue. That is a print issue. Uh, if you're members of uh, guilds or the uh, MPTF, uh, other organizations, be sure to check your mailboxes. Uh, it should be there very soon if you have not received it already. Uh, and you can also check out that cover story at EW.com. Um, before we move on, one more thing, Patrick, I want to note because it's um, it has been a point of contention among lots of folks this season. I have to mention that the critics um, gave Saltburn a Best Picture nomination. Um, it's been quite a divisive film, even among critics, uh, and and it got in there. What what do you think that speaks to? Uh. It's, I have such, I loved this film so much. And so it's hard for me to even wrap my head around, um, uh, some of the discourse around it. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think there are some people that have criticisms of it that are valid. I just don't necessarily, mm -hmm. that weren't issues for me. I, I right. was with friends over the weekend and we were talking about Saltburn and there was just, it was even at that table of a lot of like minds, there was all, mm. all, almost everyone loved it. And then there was one person that was just like, I couldn't sit through it. Um, mm. And so that, that's, you know, and that's at least it's giving people strong feelings. I guess that's, that's yeah. what I'll say. I'm, I'm grateful that whether nobody's like, Oh, that movie was fine. Like either people were like, no, or like emphatically. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like, so I guess mm -hmm. that's what you want from art. So that's what I'm taking away from the discourse about this film is that no matter what, Emerald Fennell is uh, is making people think and yeah. making them feel something. And maybe yeah. it's not always what you would want. <laughs> yeah. But it's making you yeah. feel something. That's what good art does. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I think there's a, a, a lot of also things that are outside of the actual art coming into play here, uh, unfortunately, in the form of, yeah. um, you know, not respect. I mean, Greta Gerwig's facing some of the same stuff, uh, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a, that's a much deeper conversation, gosh, for a whole other time. But uh, I, I mean, whether you like the film or not, that aside, it, Saltburn also has just a stellar cast, um, not to mention, uh, as I've mentioned for Barbie, I mean, the production design, the cinematography is just incredible. Um, the, the, the music, it, it uh, I think has a lot going for it as well. Um, okay. So now the main attraction, let's talk color purple. Um, this film is not an adaptation of the original film. It's not also a direct adaptation of the Broadway musical. Uh, it's kind of combining elements of both with a cast that includes Fantasia Barino, Danielle Brooks, Taraji P. Henson, uh, uh, Coleman Domingo, Corey Hawkins, uh, Sierra is in this, um, as well as, uh, Halle Bailey, John Batiste is in it, Louis Gossett Jr., um, Anjanou Ellis makes a, a brief little appearance. Um, it's just a really incredible cast. And, uh, if you know the story, um, of course it's a very 
it's a it's a dark and a and a heavy story. Um, and someone recently asked me, but why is this a musical? Like musicals are, you know, upbeat and all this. And here's a story we're talking about domestic violence. And, you know, really, the answer to that is because uh, Celie Fantasia Barino is is she's trying to take herself out of it. And the music is what gets her there. So a lot of this is is it's kind of an escape. Uh, for for her character, especially you know where her um, songs are involved, but um, I, I totally understand that question, and and it's a it's a really interesting one. Yeah, I mean, but I also think you know we're used to these big song and dance musical theater yeah. shows, but um, but they're not all like like a lot of Sondheim's no. work is not mm-hmm. like fun musical comedy. I mean, even if you look no. all the way back to Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel, like that's about domestic violence, um, mm-hmm. and they have very uh non-2023 takes on what you should do if you were in a a violent relationship um so you know i i understand that my general inclination is the light fun happy musical but i mean even Mm -hmm. sweeney todd right now you know that uh (laughs) like that's revived on broadway right now like that is not a light fun musical Uh -uh. um so you know there's but to your point i think people think the color purple movie why would i like that doesn't ring musical to me if you yeah. have only seen the film uh, or read the book, I would say this, uh, the, both the Broadway and this film musical adaptation find a way to, to your point, bring in the light a lot more mm-hmm. in a way that yes. doesn't feel uh, untrue to the themes of the film, I think, or uh, mm-hmm. the original film and book. Uh, I think that mm-hmm. those remain fully intact and they do not shy away from those harsh uh, uh, situations that they were depicting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the music has moments where it's sad and reflects that, but also is about resilience and how you power through and find the strength within. And that's where the really uplifting music, which I think the trailers have been focusing on, which I think is also yeah. kind of yeah. like dissonant to some people. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't seen it, just know that there, there are those darker moments that you would mm-hmm. hope are there in an authentic story about these themes. Um but at the end of the day, it wants you to walk away hopeful. So and that's a beautiful I, thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, it, that is definitely how I felt uh, after watching this film both times. Um, so I, that's I, I got to discuss a lot of that with Oprah and uh, Fantasia Barino. Fantasia uh, was in the Broadway production some 15 years ago or so. I, and I got to see that, I will say. You did see that one. I saw oh, that one. I love that. Uh, powerhouse. Uh, I, I mean, you know, since American yeah. Idol... I, use my singular wireless texting to vote for her back then too. <laughs> um, but uh, just powerhouse. And this that was yeah. like her first big acting thing. Um, yeah. I think, I think she'd done her lifetime movie uh, where she played herself sort of situation. Right. But this was like the first moment that everyone was like, Oh, okay. Fantasia. It's like got more than just this voice and fantastic personality. Yeah. Um, she commanded that entire packed theater yeah well and and she does with this film too it's it's we're really calling it her her feature film debut uh i'm well because it is the, a lifetime movie is not a, a film in theaters and to your point um she was playing herself in that it was a it was a biopic um so th- but this is a character she wasn't necessarily interested in revisiting um which she is she has talked a bit about but um we dig into that a little bit more um and and uh, you know certainly with Oprah um we we kind of look back on her experience with that film and she's talked about how uh that movie uh 
um, changed the course of her career, but I did not realize the extent to what she really meant by that until she breaks it fully down. Um, and you will hear really how, uh, being in the film, but also working with Steven Spielberg and observing him work and his company, how it literally changed the course of her career. Um, So uh, what does that all mean? Well, you're going to have to wait for this uh, quick little break (laughs) to find out. Um, So uh, when we come back, Oprah and Fantasia Barino from The Color Purple. The awardist will be back after this quick break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to The Awardist. All right, folks, it is the moment uh, I hope you've all been waiting for. It's the moment I've been waiting for, perhaps my entire professional career as a, as a, as a journalist, getting to sit down with the one and only Oprah Winfrey, joined by uh, her star uh, of The Color Purple, Fantasia Barino. Um, I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm going to shut my mouth so we can get to that interview right now. So here we go. Thank you for your time here and for doing this. Um, I... Uh, I, I was raised primarily by a lot of strong, faith-filled women, and so I, um, I see certain aspects of, of, the, of the people who brought me up, uh, in, you know. In Where were you home. raised, Jared? Southern Indiana. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so let me start here. Uh, Fantasia. Yes. Remember that time you declined Oprah's <laughs> offer to star in this movie? <laughs> well, see, let's come, it wasn't Oprah. Okay, okay. It wouldn't be that easy to decline uh, <laughs> Queen O. Um, but it was Scott who was also very, very dear to me. And I don't, it wasn't a straight out like, no, uh. because that would be very disrespectful and rude to such an amazing movie that plays a big part in my life and everybody uh, across the world. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to make sure that I didn't have step, Got that mm-hmm. I could totally surrender my body over mm-hmm. to Seely and not disappoint Seely sure. and all of the, the young ladies, women that will be watching this. Mm-hmm. So I had to make, make sure. Yeah, of course, that. of yeah. course. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Um, Oprah, during that time after she had kind of said no at first, were you holding out hope that she would change her mind or had you started thinking like, all right, well, we're going to have to pivot somewhere? No, Scott uh, and I were in conversation and he said, you know, she didn't say no. She didn't give an official no. And I think if we have Blitz talk to her and explain uh-huh. that this is a reimagination, it's a new vision, mm-hmm. I think that that would, 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 would be helpful. So, you know. And that did the trick. And that did the trick. Because <laughs> you're listening to what, you know, what she said was that she didn't think she could go there again. She mm-hmm. didn't really want to go there again. Mm-hmm. But Scott is like, well, that wasn't really officially a no. It was just... <laughs> it was just Good point. Yeah, yeah. That two-letter word was not... A, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Fantasia, uh, you, you've been open, and obviously as we're talking here about how you, you didn't really want to go there again after having done the Broadway musical and 
and where you were at your life in that time. Uh, so I want to read something. Mm. I'm thankful for every day that I'm given, both the easy and hard ones I'm living. But most of all, I'm thankful for loving who I really am. I'm beautiful. Yes, I'm beautiful. And I'm here. How do those lyrics hit differently now than they did 15 years ago? Mm. Oh, wow. Well, you see, I'm, I'm much older, wiser, mm. married. Mm. And I have to give just a little salute to the man in my life who came in and told me every day when I did not think it, believe it, that I was beautiful and I was a queen. Mm. Um, so the words hit really, really different. Mm. Now I will tell you this, because I always keep it honest. When they came to me about playing it again, I had just started traumatic therapy. Mm. And traumatic therapy is where you go and you reach back into that little girl, little Fantasia, mm. on things that I either forgotten, um, things that were holding me back from my adulthood. Mm -hmm. I was working on those things to be a better mother, to be a better wife. And um, I knew that I had to stop working with my uh, life coach and I had to, to give it to Celie. Mm. Okay? And giving it to Celie this time, singing the song this time, was more of a ministry than it was impact, like it wasn't heavy on me. Mm -hmm. But I knew that it was going to heal and help some other woman. Yeah. Not only a woman, because when we were doing that scene, we did it a million times. It was about, what, four o'clock in the morning. You were there. Cold. I wasn't at the scene, but yeah, you did it 74 times. Jesus. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. 74 times. Four o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, Haley and, 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 and Felicia came mm. and sat on set. Uh, we had a lot of dancers uh, standing and watching which I was surprised because they could have been at home in their beds. Mm. But I realized that it was a ministry. Those people needed to be ministered to. They needed to hear the words and I'm here. Mm -hmm. And so while I was healing and allowing Miss Seeley to heal me, the song just hit different. Mm -hmm. When I did it on Broadway, it was heavy. Yeah. Very. Mm. I'm not gonna say it wasn't heavy this time, sure. <laughs> but it was, it was in a different perspective yeah. this time for me. Yeah. So. Well, I'm glad you were in that place to have that different experience with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Oprah, this is a story, obviously, that's been part of your life for 40 years, and, and you've certainly spoken about how it changed the trajectory of uh, your career. I mean, uh, of course, Harpo, your production company, it's not just your name spelled backwards, but it is the name of the character who, uh, you know, uh, of Sophia's husband. Um, so has this title, because of how much it meant to you in our early 80s, uh, and perhaps even before that with the book, has it always been something that you've thought about through the years, trying to find new ways to honor mm. something that meant so much? No, no. Mm. Um, it's uh, it served its purpose for me mm. in 1985 when I did it, because it opened up my life in ways unimaginable, literally unimaginable to me. Mm. When I first went to Universal Studios and saw and met with Steven Spielberg for the first time and saw that he owned himself, mm. he owned Amlin. It was the first idea that I even had that one could own oneself yeah. and mm. have a, your own studio. And that idea is what caused me to later own myself mm. 
and own Harpo Studio and build Harpo Studios. When I did the color purple, as you, many people, everybody's heard me say, most important thing in my life. But when I did it, I had to sacrifice. I had just signed a contract with AM Chicago, and I had a three-year deal. Uh, I only had two weeks vacation that first year. I needed two months to finish the color purple. They weren't going to let me off. I agreed to give up three years of vacation, my entire vacation for the next wow. three years, in order to do the color purple. Mm because it meant that much to me. I said, I'll never take another vacation again. I'll sacrifice all my vacation for all the years to come. And when it came time to renegotiate the contract, my lawyer said to me, you never want to be in that position again where you have to give up mm -hmm. your time, your vacation, for something that matters to you. Would you be willing to take the risk to own yourself? Because if you own yourself, you don't have to do what other people tell you to do. You decide. And so that happened to me, the ownership of myself, me deciding I'm not going to be no longer be just talent, a paid for talent, mm -hmm. I'm going to own this show, came because of the color purple, first of all, fostered by the color purple, and because I what I had seen with Steven Spielberg. Mm -hmm. So when I say the color purple changed my life, I don't mean, oh, it was just an experience yeah. that I was in a movie. Yeah. I mean that everything that surrounded it came from it. The number one thing, I was on the set with Danny Glover, who was telling me about the, because at the time, I got, I, I got $35,000 for doing that movie, and I told my lawyer, don't ask for another dime, because I would do it for nothing. <laughs> but we were all on set talking about fees and what you get paid, and of course, Danny was getting paid more than any of us, as he should have, because he, he, he was the experienced one. Mm -hmm. And he was saying, but no matter what I make, because he didn't tell us what I make, no matter what I make, I still have to give... 10% to an agent, I have to give 15% to a manager, I have to give 5% to a publicist. And I thought then, I will never do that. I will not be giving. I said, oh my God, that's like 30% of your salary. You're giving away to other people. So I learned from that. Own yourself, don't have to pay all of these people. Get yourself somebody you can trust who can help make decisions for you. So I, the color purple was the, was the, was the foundation for me establishing my own power within myself long before I knew that I was going to own my own show and yeah. you know build an empire. I literally was doing the fight scene in the town with the mayor mm -hmm. and asked and finished, took off my, my wardrobe and said to Stephen, could I please have the next couple of days off because I wasn't, I wasn't scheduled to shoot because I was going to go sign the contract to do the oh. Oprah Winfrey show. And Steven said, what is that, the Oprah Winfrey show? And I said, well, yeah, I'm going to have a talk show. And he goes, what is it, radio or what is it? I go, no, it's going to be on TV. And I'm going to be up against Donahue. You know, it's just a talk show, but could I please have the next two days off? So that, that's, that's, that's where I was wow. in that moment. Wow. Mm. wow. Well, I was about to ask what, what memories from filming that scene came flooding back to you when you stepped onto this set. That's one that sounds that's like one. it's there all yeah, the time. Yeah, that's how it all started. Yeah. It all started. So the, pur the purple has been a part of my life in that it's, it was a divine intervention into the space of my own being. It was, I, I surrendered a lot to get to the role and all that the role brought for me. I learned from watching them on set every day, Stephen and Alice and Quincy. 
oh, that's what I want to feel like. Mm. I want to feel like in collaboration. I don't want to feel like I'm working for somebody. Mm. I want to feel like I'm working with a team. I'm building a family. I'm building a unit. The color purple taught me all of that. It, was, it, it has been actually my greatest teacher. Mm. Yeah. Well, sure. to that point, for you stepping on the set, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's go back to the, you know, uh, what, you've, you've, got a, you've got a new outlook on the character. There's renewed energy and, and spirit there with her. What was first day like for you uh, in front of the cameras? Well, you know, just because I had a new outlook mm -hmm. does not mean it wasn't still hard work. Mm -hmm. mm. Very much so. Hard work. Very taxing, and you have to understand. I had to surrender over to Celie so that she could be there for Mr. Shagavery, mm -hmm. Sophia, Harpo, old Mr. The code switching was very. I was about to say, it's all very different relationships yes. and dynamics. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is my first big movie. Mm -hmm. My first time stepping on a set with big names. You know, Taraji and, and Coleman and Danielle and Corey, this, this mm -hmm. Lou Gossett. I'm like, okay, Tasia. But I had to totally surrender everything. You know, I made up a story. They would leave set and they would all hang out because we, we really are a big family. But there were times that I couldn't, I just could not do that. Mm. After being on set for so many hours, doing the code switching, uh, totally surrendering my body over to, to, to Celie for her to use me in a different way this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. um, I lied to them and I said I had a dog. I had to go home and feed the dog. <laughs> I did. Always a I good did. excuse, by the way. Yeah. But in no. this <laughs> and I got by for a while with that yeah. until they found out. But Taraji did, even though we play a lot, she asked me, you know, why did you do that? And I told her, I said, I had to go home. Mm. I had to go home. Again, I want to thank my whole entire family and my husband because there were times when I would go home and I'd say, I need, I need to go to the room. Mm. And I can't quite be the wife you need me to be right now. And I told my mother, I can't be the mom for the, I, I need you guys mm -hmm. because it was a pool. Yeah, it was draining. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, six months on sets where we are literally filling our ancestors. When we sat at that, that scene at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. where, oh Under the tree. Yes. Yes. Taraji, yeah. 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 we, we all found ourselves really quiet. And Taraji looks over to us and says, do y'all feel that? Mm -hmm. And we were all thinking, I thought it was just me. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want y'all to think I was crazy. We could literally feel our ancestors. And this is filming in Georgia. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. In Georgia. Yeah. And to the back of us, we're still slave houses. So, you know, we had fun. Mm -hmm. We made the best of it. We had a lot of hiccups, and I kept telling Blitz, don't you realize that this is for a reason? What we're doing is healing work, mm -hmm. and us sacrificing and surrendering our bodies, and Taraji will be on the side icing her knees and her feet, and... I had to learn how to tap dance. That was not easy at tap all. Tap dancing is hard. Yes. Yeah. And, and my mother. That's great. It looked. Thank you. You did a nice job. But my mother asked me. She says, "You know, when I would get home, she would say, but, but, what's making you go so hard?' I was downstairs practicing. I said, "Ma, I'm, I'm going hard for Celie. That's a joyful moment for her. 
a woman that's been through so much can finally move her feet. When you see somebody on the dance floor and you see them, know that they've been through some stuff, baby. Those dance moves are coming from a different place. Mm -hmm. And that's what it was for Celie. Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's so, so fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's well, right. I will never look at people dancing differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the line when uh, you're walking through the field with... Uh, Taraji, you know, pisses God off when you walk past the color purple in a field and don't notice it. Everything wants to be love is trying to be love. How did that line speak to each of you the first time you read or heard it? Hmm. Oh, well, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> well, from the moment I read the book, it was like, wow, somebody's telling my story. I can't believe it. Hmm. And that, to me, is its own praise song because hmm. It pisses God off because what God loves most is appreciation. And it's what I have learned is the essence of life. What all people are looking for most is also appreciation. Everybody is looking for appreciation and validation. And there's not a human being, Jared, that you're going to encounter in your life ever that doesn't first and foremost want to know, do you see me? Do you hear me? And does what I say matter? So. That lesson of God gets pissed if you don't notice the color purple, because you know God worked so hard to make that color purple, mm. and then you don't even notice it, really um, was like a spiritual awakening moment for me from the first time I read it, because look at all the things that God has surrounded us with, and we walk by and take for granted or don't really take it in. It's why this morning I was saying to Tasia, um, about our opening last night, were you able to take it in? And I sent all the ladies a note um, yesterday before the premiere to say, just be fully present with it, mm -hmm. take it in, take it in, take it in. Because I've had a lot of experiences in my life and some incredible things have happened and um, I'm appreciative for all of them, but there has never been a moment like the color purple. Mm. And it's why I so wanted this for Fantasia and for Taraji and Danielle, because I know how like the, the synergy that comes up out of the spirit of the ancestors mm -hmm. and the spirit in which Alice Walker first wrote it. Mm. That's what we're all vibing on. Mm -hmm. We're all vibing 40 years later on what she sat down and wrote back in 1982. And so, that energy has carried this piece of art, this piece of work forward so that it still is vibrant now in this reimagined form. Mm. And we are just, just really um, marinating in the essence and the energy and the vibration of that. And that is what people are gonna feel when yes. they come to see this movie mm -hmm. on Christmas day is that there's it's actually bigger than all of us, and all of us who are participating understood that from the beginning. We understood that assignment. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? I was going to let you if you want to say anything about that line. She but just killed that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was so young. Um, mm -hmm. The movie was what my go-to. I never did get to read the book, mm -hmm. and so, but I would watch the movie over and over and over again, um, which was. Some people say it's so young, that movie back then it was a little heavy, but mm -hmm. it was very relatable and something that touched me 
-hmm. at such a young age. Mm -hmm. yeah. I could relate to see mm -hmm. me even then. God um, gets pissed. God gets pissed though. Don't you, don't you still now every time you pissed. see the don't you every time pissed. you see the color purple you go. But see when I when I was watching it, I didn't that that went right over my head when I was that young. Yeah, of course. It wasn't course. until I was inside of it. Yeah. And I was able to be a part of it. Yeah. That I realized he does. There were times in my life where I felt like, where, where are you at? What, what's going on? But he was always there, and there was a lesson in that that I needed to learn. Mm. And because Celie was in the place that she was in, at that moment, she couldn't quite grasp what Suge was saying. Mm -hmm. you, you understand? Suge brought God back into my life. I started off with it. But then when things got a little rocky, my sister gets taken away from me. We start to go through real-life situations. Sometimes we question, where are you? Mm -hmm. Right? And so when I was a kid, I missed that. But it wasn't until I played it, I was in it, that I got exactly what that line But I was story. watching last night. It's so interesting. Watching on a big screen. Yeah. I, who have my own screening room, I thought that screen was big till I saw last night's <laughs> So I saw the screen in the David Geffen Theater, and I went, you know, I'm watching on a little monitor compared to that uh, David Time Geffen for an upgrade. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And it was last night when she says that, that I noticed your Celie's reaction to her in a different way that it's the first time it occurs to Celie that maybe that wasn't God when she's when 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 when, when Taraji says I believe man did that that sounds yeah, like man did babies. that the yeah. babies yeah. man did that and she sees it in a different way mm -hmm. and begins to think well maybe that wasn't God that did that man did that to me yeah yeah right. it's it's one of several the really... silences girl yeah. you know one of the things I love about Fantasia's performance. I mean, my God, this is a hard role. But um, I think she says the most with this character in the silences. Yep. So it's the silences of her reaction in that moment when she, you, you can see her thinking, maybe that wasn't God. I love the silences when she comes into the room for the hell no sequence. Mm -hmm. Watch her face as all, she's looking at all of these <laughs> other women. She absolutely, the, the, <laughs> Celie yeah. doesn't even know what to do with right. all of this ah, female energy mm -hmm. loving itself and yeah. she's never known or experienced or tapped into that before. Yeah. But in the silences that um, Fantasia brings to that character, we get to feel what that's like to first to see women own themselves in a yes. way you never expected. And you know what? what? The crazy part is, if you pay attention to, that energy is, can be scary. Yeah. I had never seen, Celie's never seen that before. But she didn't want it to go. Yes. You yes. know, most people would go in a corner and be like, well, I don't know what's going on. I might get punched. I might yeah. get hit. <laughs> it's all her sisters. But she would kind of, but as soon as Sophia would make a move, she's like, but I don't, I, I don't want that to go. Yes. Mm -hmm. That right there is something I've never seen before. S girls have never, some of these girls have never seen that and they just need a Sophia. They just need somebody in their life like that. So I didn't, in the, in, while we were filming, Celie doesn't want it to go. She follows her all the way yeah. out to the hell, hell. And I'm yeah. like, please don't go. Yeah. Nah. yeah. So you know what, what, I, what I noticed? Night. I noticed that last night too on the big screen is that it all, it, the power is the energy so strong in the room, it almost literally knocks her over because one of the women bumps you. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know if that was intentional or was that in the script it or was, whatever. No. It, you know what it was? I told the women. Be, be, don't mind me. Don't be afraid to 
Do whatever you need to do. I'm standing here. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And working with Danielle Brooks kind of taught me that in that moment, let's let, let's create our own yeah. world right now. Yeah. And so when she knocked me, it was not something that was planned. Okay. That, that makes sense. But, you know, can I tell you also, though, in the clothing shop, the number at the end, when the, there's that shot where uh, it's... Her, Danielle, you, and Taraji, you come together for that harmonized note. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of like superhero movies. When they all come together, they, you know, they yeah. assemble. And there was this great sense of power in that moment that I felt just that foreshot. Mm -hmm. uh, the look was, who's wearing the pants now. Yeah. 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 It's a moment. I it kind of just seared into my brain. Well, there's so many of them in this yes. movie, as, as we know. There's so many of them in this movie, and you know, it's so interesting. The very first time back in 2005, when I first heard that Scott Sanders was trying to turn this into a musical, I was like, I don't know how you're gonna do that, bro. Because <laughs> what's Celia gonna be doing? Sweeping and singing, and actually, she is sweeping, <laughs> yes. sweeping and singing, yeah. and. I never would have imagined it. So you ask, you know, if all these years I carried this idea of, wow, the color purple moving it forward. No, because it filled me up the first time. Mm -hmm. Back and then when I laid that down, I actually wrote a letter to Quincy Jones telling him how it had been the greatest experience of my life and how I was going to carry it forward in mm -hmm. all the ways that, that I could. But I certainly didn't expect you know, yeah. that many years later in 2005, that it could be a broad, Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. And so the whole thing is a surprise to me. <laughs> and I will say this, you know, when I got The Color Purple, I came to a deeper spiritual realization in my own life because of all the things that I told you earlier. And I realized that specifically because I had wanted more than anything to be a part of the movie, didn't know anything to do with the movie business, mm -hmm. had ex was just praying to be a script girl, a water girl, a best boy, whatever I could be on the thing and just be a part of it because I wanted to be in it, and then get, get the blessing of being a character, mm -hmm. actually being in it, I thought, God, I didn't even dream this dream. Mm -hmm. This wasn't even a dream I had. Yeah. So... I started to say to myself then, oh, God can dream a bigger dream for you than you can dream for yourself. So lean into God's dream for you, and I'll just let you have the dream, God. I'll mm. let you have the dream for me. And that became my prayer. Mm. Let me live the dream you have for me. Mm. So I don't have to dream it anymore. And mm. last night at the premiere was another one of those moments. Mm. was another one of those moments. Walking that purple carpet last night, I went, I didn't even dream this. This is bigger than anything I had. I <laughs> yeah. wasn't even thinking this could happen. Right. And especially during the strike, I was like, well, okay, we have to give this, give that idea. Yeah. So I think living in this space now where Color Purple gets another iteration of itself, it is offered to another generation. Mm -hmm. I do see it as an offering. Mm -hmm. wow. And I see it as an offering for those who can receive it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's for everybody who wants to open their heart just a little bit I love more. You say that. Yes. Just a little bit more. Which who doesn't want to right now? I, and I that's hope. why I think the yeah. timing is just perfect for yeah. right now because yeah. it's a heart opener. And I think regardless of what your religion or race or place or where you are yes. in the world, you can stand a little heart opening right now. Yes. And so these women, this cast, this experience can do that for you. Mm. 
And it, I think it, it ends up, you leave feeling filled with a sense of hopefulness, mm -hmm. and you're not sure about what, what, right. you know? Right. A sense of hopefulness that things can be better, mm -hmm. life can be better, and there's a, there's a joy that comes from watching the communion around that tree. Mm -hmm. And so when they all sing, Amen, mm -hmm. you feel that in your spirit. You do. You do. You do. Yeah. Well, that is a beautiful place to leave it. Mm -hmm. I thank you both so much for your time and congratulations. Thank you, Jared. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Of course. I probably had 20 other questions I could have uh, I could have asked them um, but but uh, again like I said earlier I, I just um, thank them for being so open um, with with their experience and their their journey with this film I mean for Oprah over 40 years uh, her experience has been um, and for Fantasia over 15 now so they they have very personal connections um, to this material I gotta say the fact that she did over 70 takes of I'm here is just uh, kind of wild to me. It, it just and sounds physically live. exhausting. Yeah, and emotionally. <laughs> I mean, as I mentioned, I I saw her do this number live on Broadway, mm -hmm. and even there, just doing it once, she's spent at the end of it because you just put your whole heart and soul and body into it, and so to, to yeah. have done it that many times, I just when when I heard that part of this interview, I I gasped. Yeah. Well, it, cause you know, you, she, she was saying like, we did it a lot and you just kind of think like, oh, maybe they had to do like 20 takes or so. And then when Oprah clarified for no ma'am, it was 70, 73, 74, over 70 takes. Um, that's, that's just really something else. Um, and of course, you know, she said it was church. I mean, I, I cannot imagine being on set watching her film that because you, you see how it is in the final take of the film, but, uh, to really kind of witness that um, those those kinds of vocals live and seeing her so dedicated to making sure that she was representing Celie in a way that really, uh, you know, put her her like you were saying earlier, the, the light, the hope, the joy out into the world that this, um, you know, this character finally gets to experience is really something else. Um, and. It's just, um, yeah, the the film, I think if you don't have plans on Christmas Day, well, even if you do, make time to see this film um, over the holidays because um, there's some really incredible work in it. And uh, and I think it's it's certainly worth checking out. It's a it's a nice way to end the year, I think, give you something to manifest some some great stuff for 2024. Speaking of Patrick, the holiday break, are you using that time to catch up on anything else? Oh man, uh, there's just a lot that's like piled up. I, I still, yeah. frankly, have some uh, awards season contenders that I need to catch up on. So uh, even even in these, even prior to that, I think we've got movie tickets booked uh, almost uh, every night um, until we head to see family for the holidays. Like we are trying to squeeze in a lot. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, there are a lot of good movies right now. I don't think you'll regret that. That's I think I have a lot of uh, it's a lot of TV shows and then screeners for films uh, in 2024. I know it's only like two weeks away, but we're we are deep into um, <laughs> into to movies coming out next year. And, you know, Sundance is coming up. So uh, screeners for all of those. Um, so, you know. It's a it's a good time to be working in entertainment and a and a good time to be a a consumer of pop culture. I mean, let's just hope that there's no interruptions in in uh, the dispersion of uh, pop culture next year. Yeah, indeed. Um, all right. Well, 
I think we will leave it there. Uh, that is it, Patrick, for this uh, this week's episode of The Awardist. Thank you so much for being here. It is always a pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. Of course, and thanks so much to all of you for listening. If you like what you're hearing here on The Awardist, follow, rate the podcast, and leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We are at EW on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. We will see you back here in 2024 and every day at EW.com. Happy holidays and happy new year. This episode of The Awardist is hosted and produced by Jared Hall and produced and edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.